Hey everybody and welcome to an episode of Magic with Zuby. I didn't really think I'd be doing another one of these, but what kind of sparked my interest was the War of the Spark novel had recently just come out and I wanted to do a review on it because I got the book I think a day or two after it came out, pre-ordered it and been waiting. I've been excited about it and I devoured it like crazy. I think I read it in about four to five days and I was just devouring. I would have got it done quicker, but you know, I have to work and sleep and eat and all that other good stuff that life decides to have you do. Um, so yeah, like I said, I didn't think I'd be doing another episode here. I'm not saying I'm back for good, right? Or this is going to continue to be weekly. Um, I'm not sure exactly what I want to do. Um, I've been trying to stream again some more. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been streaming a lot more. I've been playing a lot of arena. Also been playing a ton of D and D lately. I'm playing three games right now. I'm DMing one and I'm a player in two of them, a uh, one with my oldest daughter. So yeah. And I've been extremely busy with work. Work has just been insane. I even have to travel, uh, this week again. So it's going to be fun. But yeah, so like I said, this episode is going to be discussing the War of the Spark novel. There are going to be spoilers. Uh, you know, I'll warn again ahead of time when I get to any spoilers, if I remember. And it's if you've pretty much seen all the cards of War of the Spark, you kind of already know the story for the most part. So there's really no big surprises, per se, at least from the book. But like I said, I do have a lot to talk about it. Um and so, yeah, like I said, I know I, in the last episode I said I was done and I'm not going to do any more episodes, but I think I even mentioned, you know, it may happen again. Like I may come back to this and, you know, I, 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 I don't know exactly what I want to do here for for this show. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I just want to get this episode done. Um, if you have not heard of the podcast Standard Intelligence, I highly recommend you check them out. I was on that podcast, I want to say about a month ago. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's been about a month now. And I was interviewed by uh, Jack Patton on there. And... He interviewed me along with Pleasant Kenobi and Abby for Masters of Magic just to talk about content creation. And, you know, I highly recommend checking out. It's a almost two and a half hour long podcast, but very, 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 very well done. And if you're a content creator as well, too, you would like a lot of stuff what's talked about in there. So I guess let's get on with the review here. And yeah. So the War of the Spark novel is the first novel, actual physical novel that we've had in almost a decade. Uh, the last novel was, it came out, what, about when, like, Gatecrash or Return to Ravnica, I want to say. I can't remember exactly when it came out, but ever since then, we've pretty much had weekly stories that come out on the Magic website uh, and to discuss the story of what's happening in each set. And while a lot of those stories are short stories, if you've listened to my previous episodes, I have a lot of complaints about those short stories. Um, it's not that the 
what happens in the story, like the actual story itself, like the narrative, I should say, is not bad or anything. I enjoy the overall narrative of the stories. It's usually the quality of writing that really always gets to me with a lot of those uh, weekly stories. And the thing that also really jars me with a lot of those weekly stories is since they're written by different authors, every one of them have a different writing style. So it's as I said, like I said, if you listen to my previous episodes, I've talked about this many times. It's one story is written in first person view and then the next chapter is written in third person view. And it sort of takes you out of, you know, your your like narrative mind. Right. You're you just have to sort of reassess and remember what you're reading sometimes. And as I've said before, the quality of writing with those weekly stories varies. Some are extremely well done and others have been whoa okay i don't think this person really knows how to write um and so that was up until about after ixalan came out they then dominaria came out and then they started to uh, contract out authors for a lot of these weekly stories and the first one was the dominaria storyline and i really 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 enjoyed the dominaria storyline for what we had but every story felt way too short like I wanted to know more about the Weatherlight crew and what the heck was going on, but and then just when you think it was starting to get good or starting to maybe develop more character or characterization, I should say, with those Dominaria storylines, it just got cut short and then it just felt so rushed. And you can't really blame the author for that because you know that's probably what she was contracted to do. Um, the quality of writing didn't feel bad, but a lot of the characters didn't feel like the characters that we have, you know, read about in the previous years. And so that what there was a lot of complaints about that. And I, I remember because the biggest one was Jace, because I love the Ixalan storyline has probably been my favorite one that has that I've read for what out of all of them since Theros. And that was, um, I think, I think that was the time where it was only like two of the authors were actually working and writing on that. And it felt very consistent throughout the whole set, throughout every story that came out every week. And it was extremely well done. I wished it was longer. I wish it was an actual novel because that would have been, oh, I would have loved that. And the story was actually good i i felt connected with the characters most of the time i didn't really care about any of the characters like the amonkhet storylines i didn't really care about the Gatewatch at all you knew they were gonna lose but you know it's like eh, whatever um so and then then you know we get m19 and they start doing the weekly stories of talking about nicobolus and ugin and be, how they became you know where they are today it was that was a story from the past and then uh, Guilds of Ravnica came out and we had some weekly stories that had nothing to do with the overall storyline of Guilds of Ravnica to War of the Spark about Nicobolus basically taking over Ravnica and by I don't know when it's coming out but there's supposed to be a prequel book or maybe short story to War of the Spark and that's very obvious when reading this novel because there are events that happen in this novel that are discussed about that you the reader act like 
you should know. And a lot of times there are some events in there that you have no idea, like, okay, who did this? I didn't even know this happened, right? And I will admit I did not read all the short stories for Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance because I, when I found out that they weren't really part of the main storyline, I kind of didn't really care. Like, I was just sort of like, okay, I, I don't feel like reading these at all. I don't even know if any came out for Ravnica Allegiance. I wasn't paying attention at all. But, so, that's where you are with this, with War of the Spark. The We finally have this novel. It's, once again, contracted out by a third party. And we, there are events discussed in this book that you, the reader probably didn't even know that happened so and i think i read somewhere like the prequel book got pushed back due to something one thing or another who the heck knows and um so i you know i i hope we get that prequel book soon because i'll read it and maybe that will have some of the events that they talk about in the book make a little bit more sense but yeah that's already a downside to this book um so basically, the War of the Spark novel is about Nicobolus's plan coming to fruition, right? He manipulated some of the guilds of Ravnica to um, get all the planeswalkers that exist in the multiverse trapped onto Ravnica so he could harvest their planeswalker spark so he can become the god pharaoh. Or, I mean, the yeah, god emperor, I should say. He already became god pharaoh in Amonkhet. And so it is up to the Gatewatch to stop him. And are they successful? Well, as I've said before, if you've already read or seen the War of the Spark, all the War of the Spark cards, yes, they're successful. They managed to stop Nicobolus and get and Ugin managed to trap him. The It's a pretty pretty short read it's only about i want to say 340 pages maybe a little bit more and so and it's i mean the reading level is pretty pretty easy it's like pretty like young adult level um reading level and it's not the worst written book i do have some complaints of just the would it be considered grammar maybe just just the way the English language was used a little bit. It it felt at times there are certain times or certain parts of the book where it feels like I'm reading someone's private journal entry on Tumblr or live journal and ju just the way it's written in some parts. And usually those are the chapters that are going to be for Chandra or Kaya more Chandra than Kaya and if you've read previous of the short stories um, and whenever they go from the point of view of Chandra, Chandra talks like a 12-year-old girl where they like to do shorthand for everything they're writing. I mean, they don't, uh, the author doesn't do that too much in War of the Spark, but it there are certain words that he says that kind of annoy me because it's, it's not, especially when it's not in a spoken sense. So there are certain parts of the book where someone, and this is just a small complaint of mine, but it's annoying, right? Um, the author will say the word cuz, C-U-Z, and not like saying, hey, cousin, or hey, cuz. No, 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 
cuz like cause like because like because cuz cuz but not in a spoken word someone's not saying cuz it's someone he's saying cuz in a for a sentence um, to describe something and and it's not that it happens a lot but you'll notice it and it just sort of it takes me out of the book a little bit and it's just sort of like wait what and I know it's such a dumb and small complaint but yeah I, I don't like things like that um, but the overall quality of writing for the book it's, it's okay it's decent it's decent for what it does Another thing about this story that I kind of didn't like, and maybe the author didn't really have a choice, because from what I've heard, Wizards basically gave him the, okay, this is what the story is going to be, and this is, you know, you go have fun and play with it. Um, the whole story takes place within like an afternoon, maybe, maybe half a, maybe more than half a day. Um, the whole story probably out of the 350 something pages the story is probably what maybe eight to ten hours we'll say give or take and it feels extremely rushed um you don't so one of the main characters of the book that's not the gate watch uh someone named teo uh teo is a new planeswalker that i think was uh, the author's original creation, maybe. I'm not too sure about the origin of that walker, but so that walker comes from the plane Gobacon, or I, th I think that's how you say it. I'm really terrible at pronouncing these names, but so this planeswalker has the ability to create these shields, uh, according to the way they describe it, is with geometry. I don't know. Maybe he thinks of shapes in his mind and he's able to create a shield or something like that. I, I don't know that it, they use the word geometry a lot. And I just have to assume, okay, so he's using his mental magic energy to create a shield to protect someone. And, and so Teo, just like all the other planeswalkers comes onto Ravnica has no idea where they are. Um, didn't even know they were a planeswalker and comes across a character named rat rat is a person who is innately invisible come to find out they are invisible and people can only see rat if they choose to see her i don't know it it never really made much sense to me so rat can't control who can see her and who can't and you have to squint your eyes really hard and try your best to try to see rat or something i i, I don't know that but so not even Rat's own parents can see her. And it, Rat isn't a planeswalker. It's just some random Ravnica citizen that Teo happens to meet. And, and they go along when Nicobolus is, you know, attacking the plane. And they become friends really quickly because Teo is able to protect her with the shield. Rat is able to stab zombies in the face. Um, so Teo is... I mean... There's really not much about that character, Teo, because you don't really learn much about him. Um, you know that he is like some acolyte mage in the Gobacon Desert, and he's not very good, according to what he says, uh, or to that his abbot says. His abbot, I guess, is like teacher or sensei, something like that. 
and he is apparently like I said not a very good shield mage you know that's that's and he comes to Ravnica doesn't really know what's going on and ends up fighting for the good guys just to try to save his life meets rat and becomes friends with rat and then that's about it with Teo um oh and ends up meeting Kaya as well too so yeah there's I, I kind of wish we knew Teo a little bit more maybe a little bit deeper I'm not saying like oh it needs to be the most well-written character but since the whole story feels so rushed you don't really get a sense of who they really are um and so then we also come across the gate watch we have Gideon Jace uh Chandra Nissa does make a return back here and you know then we also have Liliana Ajani Teferi Karn pretty much almost every single planeswalker so since the set itself has all the planeswalkers ever printed in history we now also have all those planeswalkers in this story that becomes a problem because a lot of these planeswalkers are reduced to one-liners and no characterization at all and just like little marvel quips at certain points like Soren and Nahiri oh they're off fighting in the distance and then when shit really starts to hit the fan okay now they're fighting against Nicobolus um then you have Obnixilis and Angrath and you know Samet Arlen Cord well some of those have a little bit bigger role than others there's a lot of the uh planeswalkers like the two um Asian ones um the one with the dog I can never remember their names they're briefly mentioned like one time and then you never really hear about them again. And even some of the Gatewatch, like Chandra. Oh, look, Chandra's, you know, mad again and can not can barely control herself. But then she finds a way to kind of control herself. It's... I, I have to say, throughout this whole story, I was more interested in the Ravnican guilds than the actual Planeswalkers. Like, when any of the Planeswalkers were almost dying or losing or anything like that i cared more about you know aurelia lazav uh Ralzaric, and you know vraska than any of the gatewatch or any of the other planeswalkers and all that stuff it's i i i kind of wish it almost delved deeper with the guilds than just focusing on the gatewatch trying to stop nicobolus even though i know that's a story but it's this story when you're reading this story it that prequel book should have came out first for this because so in and forgive me if this is talked about in any of the weekly short stories that I'm that I have not read so at one point uh Asperia the guild master of the Azorius is killed and Dovin Bond takes over the guild and it was part of a plot uh, by what was it uh, Ralzaric, Vraska and Lavinia I want to say and to and Dovinbond takes over starts making all the thopters to you know basically have big big government in Ravnica so he can so he can watch everybody and there was 
and it, you just feel like you're reading about that and oh and then there's also the other plots of when Ral Zarek makes the planeswalker beacon that makes the planeswalkers oh we're all gonna you know planeswalk to Ravnica now and then also how Dovenbon and Tezzeret get the immortal sun active and Tezzeret gets the bridge their planar bridge you know set up and active as well too and you it just feels like yeah you don't really know what exactly happened because all those three things are already there and working and turned on by the time you get to this story so it just sort of feels like you're reading it's it's almost like watching you know let's say lord of the rings right and the only movie you watch happens to be return of the king and you've never watched fellowship or two towers you'll have no idea what's going on um and that's pretty much what reading this book feels like you kind of feel like you don't really know what's happening here you're at the third act of the story and you didn't really get that build up for the first two acts to where this even means anything so the villain the the villain nicobolus is i mean he barely talks in the book he he has maybe like a few chapters the only time that nicobolus talks the most is at the very end of the book when he is captured by his brother um ugin in the prison realm or the spirit realm whatever you want to call it i think ugin ends up calling it the prison realm so oh okay okay Let, let's let's skip to the end here um to the end of the book where i felt it was the biggest biggest like almost cop out right so i know i already knew ahead of time that nicobolus was going to end up in the prison realm right but i didn't know exactly how right i didn't know the ins and outs of how that happened um so at towards the end of the book they're you know fighting nicobolus um liliana decides you know fuck nicobolus i'm going to you know have all the zombies that you know you gave me control over to start attacking nicobolus and and so nicobolus is like oh hell no i'm gonna activate your contract and gonna start killing you so lilini it starts talking about how liliana is starting to you know basically you know start to ash away like thanos style and then gideon comes behind her and gives gives lillian uh his invulnerability so that he gets the contract lines on him and he and gideon dies and then it turns out being that um nicobolus gets stabbed by hazard spear um is become and loses all the planeswalker sparks because one of the god eternals i think bantu um ends up trying to harvest the spark from nicobolus and loses all the planeswalker sparks he absorbed and then just dies it shows him sort of just fading like ashing away like he turns to dust essentially and then you know everybody in ravnica cheers and then there's another chapter where it sort of goes into like almost a flashback mode with jace and ugin jace and ugin talking like oh well you know um actually what happened was jace created this really big illusion to make it seem like uh nicobolus died but in reality uh ugin was invisible and uh spirited nicobolus's physical body away and put him in a prison and it just sort of it it felt it, you you i almost i really felt cheated when i read that i'm like so that big victory that everyone had just sort of 
like was almost taken away in a sense they i know they're tricking everybody into thinking they killed nicobolas and everyone but jason ugin are the only ones who know the truth about it but you i i felt cheated when i read that i felt pretty pretty pissed off actually i'm like i audibly said what the fuck that's it's kind of bullshit um and I, that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And I, I get it. I understand because Ugin say, said, oh, if Nicobolas died, he probably had a plan for resurrecting himself to become even more powerful. And I mean, it sort of leaves the story open ended to the point where Nicobolas will most likely make a return somehow. You know, there will probably be something that happens where it's like, oh, only Nicobolas knows how to defeat, you know, this person or so. And you're just sort of like, OK, yeah, you, you can kind of see what's going to happen. But then they probably may not do that because they want to subvert your expectations. So, yeah, that is a lot of the story in a nutshell. I know I kind of went like everywhere. I kind of jumped around. Um, So, OK, the basic the basic story of the novel is. Um, oh, oh, yeah, and that's right. You also find out Niv Mezzet apparently died, and you, you don't really know what happened. And Jace loses being the guild pack. So part of the book is also them wanting to resurrect Niv Mezzet to become the living guild pack, but they first have to disable the beacon that's calling all the planeswalkers. They have to disable the immortal sun, and they also have to disable the planar bridge. They disable the beacon, and they disable all three, and then they're like, "Oh no, now we gotta go and." Uh, turn the immortal sun back on because we want to trap Nicobolas here and so they oh my god the, oh that's right this part just made me go ah just so frustrated so they resurrect Niv Mezzet right to and he becomes living guild pack to not only two seconds later almost dying again and it's just sort of like what the hell was the point of all that they work on getting all the ten guilds all together to you know form a pack to get the living guild pack or be, make niv mezzet resurrect and make him the living guild pack only to almost die and yeah that felt like the biggest waste of time i've ever read that felt that was just a i i, I that part also kind of like made me frustrated because it just felt like why what, what's the point what's the point of that you probably could have done that after you defeated nicobolas um, but whatever. So if I had to like, what did I think about the whole story as a whole? Um, I did enjoy having, you know, an actual physical book again. Um, but the story itself, there were parts that were good and interesting. Like, like I said, the, the part where anytime they really talked about the guilds, I was super interested in it. Everything else I didn't really care about. And it just felt so rushed and you felt no attachment to anybody or anything. It sort of felt, it just sort of felt like you didn't care. You know, like when Dak Faden dies, spoiler, um, I didn't really care. Right. He died. Okay. Yeah. I, I, why should I care about Dak Faden? when Gideon died I mean it was so obvious from the start because they foreshadowed it very heavily I mean beside the fact that we knew 
he was going to die because before I even read the story. And then now that they're doing the signature spell book for Gideon and, you know, talking about how he's dead. And I mean, what, um, what a video game website spoiled all that. It, even then I didn't feel any emotional attachment at all when Gideon passed away. It was just sort of as they foreshadowed it so heavily and just sort of felt like, eh, okay. And there was a little bit of fan service and I will admit I, I gleed a little bit when the author actually had Jason Vraska, you know, hug and kiss and hold hands and all that. And they had Chandra and Nissa you know, proclaim their love for each other. And I was happy about that too, but it just, I feel like there was a good story in there somewhere. If the author had time actually maybe had a year to write the book. I don't know how long the author actually had to write this story, but it felt extremely rushed. Um, it's, I, I mean, what else is there really to say? I kind, like I said, you get glimpses of a good story that just feel ultimately rushed, but I am kind of holding out hope a little bit here for maybe the next set of novels are going to be better. I mean, that that is a tall order, to be honest, but, you know, I don't know. So if I had to rate this book like a out of 10... 10, 10 out of 10 being like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, the best book ever written to one being the worst book I've ever read. I'd probably give this probably a 4.5 out of 10. It's not the worst book I ever read. It's not the best book I ever read. And it's a little bit below average is what I would have to rate it. And yeah, so there you have it. There you have it, me rambling on about War of the Spark, and hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let me know what you think, and you know you can find me at Twitter at MagicWizzubi, uh, on Facebook.com slash MagicWizzubi, on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby, and you can, was it my Gmail, MTGZuby at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for watching slash listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. And have a great night.